Welcome, everybody, to uh, a session here at Purple Hats. I'm Mark Bagley. I'm Attack IQ's Vice President of Product, and I'm joined by Ken Weston, who is a Director of Cybersecurity Strategy with Cyber Reason. Welcome, Ken. How's your day going? Hi, Mark. Great. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Outstanding. So um, we're going to be talking uh, about XDR today, and, uh, you know, so many things in the cybersecurity industry wind up being buzzworded and acronym to death. Like sometimes people feel like, you know, you're amidst uh, a field of wild buzzwords every day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're going to demystify um, XDR here today. Ken's going to help us out with that. We're going to talk through critical capabilities and we'll talk through a few use cases as well to help you connect a bit more with how XDR can connect with your mission of threat defense. Does that sound like a winner, Ken? That sounds good to me. Thanks, Mark. Awesome. So let's talk uh, critical capabilities for XDR, how it's different than stuff that may, you may already have inside your environments and why it's so important to an evolution of your InfoSec program. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think one thing that uh, folks are, are familiar with is EDR, which is endpoint detection and response. A lot of uh, folks are familiar with a lot of the, the vendors that are out there that provide that capability where you're not only able to look at what's happening on the endpoint, whether it's, you know, signature based, behavioral based, um, or even leveraging machine learning on the endpoint uh, to identify uh, bad, bad actors that might be happening uh, on the environment, whether it's malware, uh, whether it's compromised credentials, um, things like that. Um, and it provides us a really rich uh, set of um, sort of rules as well as visibility into what's actually happening on the endpoint as well as the ability to also respond um, to those actions, right? So I can go in and I see that there's malware or a, a malicious process that's running on someone's computer. I can isolate the host. I can kill that process. I can do a lot of different um, actions. Um, but with um, XDR, you know, people are always wondering, what, what does the X mean? You know, that's why I always say, like, let's talk about solving for X and XDR. Um, it stands for extended detection and response. And what it's really doing is bringing additional telemetry. And so not just limited to where you maybe have a sensor deployed on the endpoint, but also bringing in data maybe from your, your firewalls, bringing information in from your, your workspaces, whether it's you know Google or if it's Office 365, um, also bringing in data around identities, right? So um, that's something that used to be the sort of the realm of, of UBA, like user behavior analytics. Now we're also able to incorporate this as well. And sort of the first phase when it comes to um, XDR is incorporating sort of the identity in the workspace to, to sort of enrich those existing um, uh, detections that you may have on the endpoint. Uh, and what that does is provide a, sort of a, a, a broader view of what's actually happening across the kill chain. Um, if you're familiar with the kill chain from Lockheed Martin, you know, that's sort of the the, the uh, process that an attacker actually goes through from uh, initial reconnaissance to actions on objectives and everything that happens in between. And so with um, EDR, we had sort of a, 
a pretty good uh, perspective of what's actually happening. We can see things get executed. Uh, we can see maybe if they shifted and moved to a different uh, system. But with XDR, what that provides us with is a larger view where we can actually even identify things uh, uh, where initial intrusion, you know, where did this actually occur? Was this part of a phishing campaign? If it was part of a phishing campaign, be able to actually have visibility into the emails that received that malicious file, um, who actually sent it, getting the additional metadata. And the nice thing about that is that you're not having to, to pivot into your SIM to get that information. The idea here is that all those pivots are automatically done you know, through sort of a graph database and then surfaced for the analyst and basically packaged up. So they should have about you know 95% of the information they need to actually conduct that investigation as well as mitigate the threat. Wow. Like, I think you were talking nonstop for like three minutes. So... <laughs> Let me let me sort of play that back. So XDR is the set of capabilities that brings together what's happening on the endpoint with everything else inside the environment. So a responder or an analyst or a similar persona doesn't have to pivot between consoles and tools, and they can just get the information that they need to start to start their solving for X as it were. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and I think what that also provides is, you know, not just that, hey, something happened and we mitigated it, but also helps organizations identify their root cause so it doesn't happen again, as well as uh, the full impact, like ransomware, for example. It's not enough now to know that ransomware was fired off. We also need to know if data was exfiltrated, what information was compromised, were additional credentials compromised to the pivot into our cloud environments. Uh, and that's really what XDR is trying to help solve is to sort of solve that bigger picture uh, of an attack. You know, it's very rare that you'll see, you know, one system actually affected by, you know, a, a ransomware operation, for example. The goal is to target the entire network and actually go after you know, the, the crown jewels. Got it. So many of your customers find XDR more useful when they're trying to assess scale and scope of, you know, post initial access, when, you know, the recon, you know, the recon activities are occurring as information is being rounded up, you know, be, you know, the, the points of presence and the points of persistence inside the environment are then starting to move information out either through you know, established covert channels or something similar, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's something that usually would take like, you know, in a sim, if you've ever, you know, been an analyst and had to, to work on a, um, an incident, you have to think about how many pivots do you actually have to do? And do you actually still have access to all the information that you need? Because a lot of times information is dropped from the sim because, it, you know, it's either going to be too expensive to ingest, like cloud data, for example, or uh, it's just going to be not technically feasible if it's a high high velocity data source, such as, um, you know, maybe identity information or DNS and things like that. Uh, so the idea here with XDR is that you're able to bring all that information in, you're leveraging advanced technologies like machine learning to draw the connections between um, the different events that are happening across these data sources and then servicing it for the analysts. So they can respond to those um, those threats much faster than you would with you know, your traditional tooling when you have you know kind of a combination of SIM, then you bolt on a SOAR platform, then you maybe bolt on a UBA platform on top of that. It just becomes really complex and 
Um, even oftentimes, um, analysts end up spending more time being system administrators and managing their tools than they do actually doing the job they were hired for. That seems like a miss. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it also sounds like a miss to you know be dealing with something of your own creation that you have to administer that is also probably pretty brittle. I'm guessing that. Is that, is that a fair assumption? Yeah, very much so. I think especially with uh, like some of the like SOAR platforms that I have to deal with when I'm I'm dealing with integrations. I, I swear, as soon as I finish an integration, something in the API changed, like a new version gets released um, and then ends up breaking um, that whole integration. We have to go back and retool it. Um, and then also bringing the, the data into your SIM, um, you know, the, the, that data changes as well. Um, and oftentimes you have to, you know, debug the, the platform itself, uh, even while you're conducting, um, you know, some sort of a investigation into a threat within the organization. Um, and sometimes you even have to, you know, forget it and just pivot directly into the EDR tool, or sometimes you even have to log directly into the, the server and you, you're, you're grabbing logs and things like that. Um, and so it just takes a lot more time for the analyst to, to, to try to mitigate some of those threats when you're, you know, still managing the tools and things as well, just to get the infrastructure operational. I, for one, love fixing the plane while I'm flying it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Yeah. There's yeah. nothing better. Um, but uh, my sarcasm aside, I think we've gotten the the sort of message around critical capabilities for XDR really nailed. Now let's talk about using XDR in a threat management use case. You talked about like the bad way of oh crap, now I gotta you know break glass and get the admin keys and go straight down to the metal or the virtual server, or the infrastructure as a service console, and I've got to go and manually get logging, and I'm searching through logging, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the bad way. What's the threat management use case sort of end-to-end -end in the new world with XDR? Well, I think the biggest one is having all of the information you need at your fingertips to conduct that investigation. Um, and then also being able to respond while you're still within the context um, of that investigation. And by, by context, I mean not having to shift into a different UI, into different tools, um, not having to you know, master some sort of proprietary query language that you have to go in and, and learn, learn with your SIM. You know, instead of having to you know, write maybe a 20 uh, line you know, query, being able to you know, point and click and actually have that available in a UI, uh, that, that's going to help solve um, a lot of those, those issues with regards to you know, the mean time to, to response, mean times to resolution. Um, and I've also found that um, there's challenges too within the SOC where not all SOC analysts are equal. Right. So you have um, junior analysts, you have senior analysts um, and the senior analysts might be spending more time, you know, kind of more on detection engineering, finding threat hunting, you know, building new rules and things like that. Um, whereas if you have an XDR tool that you know, is able to to leverage all of that that you've already built um, and again, bring in 95 percent of the data that you're going to need for your investigation, that's really going to help the junior analyst um, to be able to, to mitigate these threats themselves without having to rely on some of those senior um, talent folks within the SOC. Got it. Got it. And that sounds like a huge sort of capability uplift for everyone. So. You know, in the spirit of, you know, spending a minute with the use case, um, let's, you know, let's try, say, WannaCry. So what would be the experience of those individuals that you just got done talking about 
using XDR in the early days of WannaCry? Sure. Um, I actually, I built a, an XDR demo around ransomware operations, so I can uh, talk a little bit about that. I think one thing with ransomware is that, um, you know, you're dealing with uh, like a Conti, for example, they're a, yep. uh, a, a company of themselves. I mean, they're generating over a hundred million dollars in revenue. Um, they have, you know, uh, home around 80 employees that, that basically they're working with. They also have contractors where they can actually uh, purchase, um, you know, initial access into networks. And so there's this uh, incredible underlying economy around ransomware. Um, and there's a lot of money that's being generated and with that. There's an increased level of sophistication as well that we're seeing with these adversaries where um, WannaCry, you know, can be, you know, detected, uh, you know, most of the time by by signature based um, detection, but more advanced ransomware operations, they actually are much more bespoke targeted to a, a, an organization. So you can't necessarily rely, rely on signatures. And we're even seeing that you can't even necessarily rely on files, it, it, not necessarily a binary where. Um, for example, in this demo, we actually built it using fileless approach where we uh, bring in um, a PowerShell uh, to execute the ransomware as well after we've compromised not only an individual host, but I compromise one host, I pivot into another one where I'm able to gain um, additional admin credentials, and then I actually am able to compromise the Active Directory and the network itself. And that's when I actually deploy the ransomware. I'm not just, again, targeting one system. I want to encrypt the entire network and cause as much disruption as possible. So in that kind of scenario with XDR, where I'm actually able to see, hey, I've identified a malicious file, I can leverage our predictive ransomware uh, detection capability on the hard drive, where even if it doesn't have any sort of um, signature, um, it doesn't look like ransomware based on behavior, it's fileless, it's in memory. As soon as we see that process start running that looks like ransomware, we block it. Not only on that host, we block it across the organization, leveraging what we refer to as cross-machine correlation, which is another great thing with XDR is we're not just looking at one system, we're looking across the entire network, across all of our endpoints. And then we're able to see that, hey, this um, fired off here, we're seeing it fire off at other systems. We're able to also then leverage XDR to see, all right, we've identified that this came from email. Who else received this attachment? And we're able to quickly identify that and then also gather not only those emails, but also what accounts are tied to those. If those um, users were logged into this computer at that time, what other accounts did they have access to? We can even look at Okta. If those uh, credentials were compromised, did they pivot into our GitHub? Did they get access into our source code, right? Um, all these different uh, types of scenarios, we're able to identify that really quickly. I can, in, in this demo, for example, identify that two systems were hit with ransomware. I immediately isolate those hosts. Um, now I've mitigated sort of the existential threat to the organization. I've done that within the context of our UI. And then I can continue my investigation where I can actually pivot in, identify the additional identities that were compromised, uh, maybe then go through and automatically reset all of those passwords. Um, and then I can actually, at the end of this, package all this up as well for the, the security team to then um, do a, a sort of a post-mortem as well. And we're then able to identify, look, we found the root cause. We also have identified the full business impact. It was only two systems that were affected. We can even tell you that only three uh, files were actually encrypted. We can roll those back. Uh, and then we also then are able to tell the business the full impact. So that's something that we really haven't been able to do with a single product, right? You've had to have a lot of different tools um, to be able to do that. And, and when you do that, it takes a lot of time uh, and you're not necessarily able to mitigate the threat while you're in the context of the investigation. 
Um, and that's really when it comes to ransomware and XDR, that's really uh, where I see um, uh, XDR really kind of playing a key role and to help to, to mitigate that threat. Got it. So that was a that was a great use case, you know, that walked all the way through sort of the life cycle of perhaps maybe one of the uh, the most pernicious um, malware and uh, ransomware actors uh, that uh, the defenders are facing today. Let's move a little bit beyond, though, the the sort of traditional uh, threat management use case. Um, you know, I know that one thing that, you know, XDRs get roped into is, you know, something of an asset management use case. You want to talk a bit about, you know, how XDR fits into the picture beyond threat management? Yeah, sure. I think, um, you know, identifying what's happening on the endpoint, that's uh, it's it's helpful for a few different reasons, not only to identify, you know, if something malicious hits the system, but also identifying what applications might be running on, on those systems as well, what vulnerabilities might exist in those applications. And uh, the one thing that we do is we are able to provide real-time information on what vulnerabilities are on a particular system. Um, and that's that's helpful when you're conducting your investigation. Again, you're not having to go and, oh, where's that vulnerability scan? Let's go look that up and see if, you know, what, what vulnerabilities are on this system. Being able to have that within the context of, of your actual investigation to see on these endpoints, you know, what applications are running, what vulnerabilities are actually running um, at, at this time, that's also really, really helpful. And then, of course, adding the, to that the fact that, you know, with, with EDR, it really relies on a sensor being deployed um, to that endpoint, right, whether it's Windows, Mac, or Linux. But, you know, uh, a lot of times there are situations where you can't deploy a sensor to a particular system. Um, I just uh, spoke at an OT conference as well where we talked about critical assets, um, where you're dealing with uh, SCADA, ICS, things like that, um, IoT types of devices. You, and sometimes you, you can't even scan those uh, systems because you, can, you, you risk bringing them down. Um, but with those types of systems where you're able to gather information from the network, so um, uh, network data, whether it's um, uh, IDS, IPS, even your firewall, that's going to provide additional visibility to some of those assets, right? Um, if the, this particular system does have an IP address, being able to gather a telemetry around that. And again, being able to incorporate that and combine it within one single UI and having visibility into that. Um, I think that's a game changer. Again, not having to rely on a SIM, not having to rely on vulnerability reports, things like that. Having all this information at your fingertips is really going to help analysts do their jobs faster. I definitely can connect with how that would not only make an analyst's job easier, but also feed some other downstream activities that sort of speak to the, uh, the borders of where a security team or a SOC or an IR team then has to start interfacing with the rest of the IT apparatus about discussing impact, discussing what quarantining actions or isolation actions have taken place, being able to say, hey, N information was exposed from Y sources, um, you know, being able to draw a very fine, you know, sort of circle around um, around the scope of the adversary action that you know is being dealt with at that point in time. Does all of that sort of fit together with what you've observed with XDR users and customers? 
Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, there's uh, the visibility, um, it, you know, from, you know, it doesn't have to have a sensor deployed. That's helpful. Uh, we also have situations where we have sensors now deployed into cloud where we're actually even monitoring containers, which are sort of ephemeral, right? That's another challenge for organizations. And we have a whole other, you know, suite that we've been working on around that, a different approach. Uh, but we're able to bring that telemetry in for XDR as well. So, for example, if... Uh, maybe a ransomware actor, they do compromise a developer system where they get into GitHub and they access uh, keys into the cloud environment and they pivot, uh, we can follow them there. We can, we can track them or it can even happen in reverse where um, an, uh, a web application is compromised. They get um, access to it. They do a container escape. They compromise that host. They get access to additional credentials and then they um, come into the network from a different route, right? So I think that that's one real uh, thing that XDR is going to help with as well. Um, in this regard. And we've also been working really closely with on the DFIR side where we can actually even deploy additional tools like uh, Velociraptor, for example, very rapidly to any of these systems that are, are running our sensors, we can deploy those additional tools. So if there is a need um, to get more granular uh, forensic information, we can do that again, all directly from within a single console. Wow. I mean, when you think about the the number of pivots and the pivoting directions that could occur, I mean, you just described a couple of additional use cases. Um, you know, should people expect the the XDR as you know commonly understood in the industry to be you know capable of you know understanding these ephemeral execution environments wherever they might be? Yeah, very much so. Uh, it gets into what we refer to as the cloud workload protections, uh, like a, a Kubernetes is a good example. It's a container orchestration uh, tool. And that's one challenge is that in the cloud is that, you know, you spin up an instance and you may identify something malicious um, and then it comes down. We also have a situation where you may have multiple uh, containers that get compromised. Um, and, you know, they're, they're all coming from a common image. Um, and so that one challenge is, okay, is the issue with one of these um, containers or is it from the parent image that they all kind of spun up from? Um, and that's one challenge I've seen is that you, you maybe you have a hundred instances, you know, of a particular image. Now, one of those is vulnerable. All of them are vulnerable. So how do you react? And usually you have to, you know, bring them all down slowly. You have to uh, fix the, the initial image, the initial vulnerability, right? So a lot of times you don't have visibility into that. And that's, that's kind of what the, the goal of CWPP is to actually solve and um, like, again, while I was, I was mentioning uh, cross-machine correlation, we've applied that to containers as well, where we have the cross-container correlation, where we can see that, hey, these two vulnerabilities are shared with this container. We can then uh, basically convict that it's the parent image that is the problem. Uh, we can then work closely with the DevOps team to go through and make sure we mitigate that uh, vulnerability. Um, and then we can spin those back up and then very you know rapidly you know bring down the the potentially vulnerable containers uh, very quickly and, and again, mitigate that threat. You know, Ken, I'm, I'm loving this conversation because, you know, every follow-up question I'm going to ask you, like, you just steer right there. Like my next question was going to be, hey, container registries, what about them? What about source images? But like, I tee up one thing and you just knock down like four things. This is great. <laughs> um, so... All right. My mind is very, very peaked about, you know, this whole evolution of, you know, sort of moving beyond, 
you know, we talked about threat management. We talked about ransomware. We've now talked about asset management. We've even hit cloud. I mean, XDR is really sounding like the Swiss army knife for a lot of environments, but without the traditional compromise that someone would make when you say, hey, I want a jack of all trades. I want a generalist capability. And then you have to say, well, I guess I'm not going to get this. I guess I'm not going to get this. So what other use cases would you want everyone in our session to know about that go beyond the ones we've already discussed where XDR is a great way to, you know, advance your capabilities without necessarily advancing the number of tools and technologies that you have in your environment. Yeah, I think, um, well, one thing I, I, I should say is a lot of times people say, well, you know, this sounds great. I mean, it sounds like what my SIM and my SOAR and all the other tools are doing. Are you saying that I can replace those? And um, and I think Ali Mellon said it from Forrester that said, you know, that uh, XDR is on a collision course with SIM, but it's not necessarily going to replace a, a SIM just yet. Because the way I see XDR is really focused on that detection and response uh, component, right? And with the detection response, it's really about speed. And it's dealing with the high volume and high velocity of data sources that, you know, the modern enterprise has to deal with today. Uh, it's not even, you know, dealing with a, a single network. We also have people working from home. We have remote. We have SaaS applications. I mean, there really isn't a perimeter anymore. We have, talk about ephemeral. You know, there, there is no network perimeter anymore. Uh, and so I think the, these older tools like SIM, SOAR, and, you know, standalone EDR, those kind of dealt with the sort of legacy types of environments. And, um, and I think what we tried to do is start bolting some of these tools on um, and, you know, maybe changing the backend architecture, what types of databases that they're using to, to try to handle the, the increased volume. Um, and it's, it's really um, hasn't been a tenable solution for organizations due to the, the cost, right? So we've seen with SIM, uh, they moved from a relational database into sort of a NoSQL database approach uh, like you would with a Splunk or Elastic, which that's great for handling a larger uh, data set. It's great for search, but it's still not helping us draw a lot of those, uh, those connections. And that's where I've seen with XDR kind of the thing that's really powering on the back end is graph databases because they're really able to leverage uh, machine learning. They're able to uh, leverage uh, the ability to draw connections between elements. And I think that's kind of what's um, helping to drive a lot of this is we're able to bring not only all of this data into one place, but now leveraging the graph databases or what we refer to as a threat graph, we're able to start actually drawing correlations between those different events and entities. And that's something that, you know, we didn't necessarily have that technology, you know, back, you know, even a decade ago. And, and now we do. And we're able to even leverage that through a cloud infrastructure, right? So we have our partnership with Chronicle, for example. So it's it's amazing when you have this sort of unlimited back end where you can throw as much logs into it as you want without any sort of um, you know concern for you know the speed or the latency and not having to deal with I don't have to manage that our infrastructure I don't have to you know keep writing a check every time we we need to increase the size of that um, the database or what have you and so I think that's really what's started to drive this evolution um, just that that need to not only ingest large volumes of data but also the ability to make sense of it. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. And I think that's what, what XDR is really starting to, to leverage. And I think, um, and marketing kind of got ahead of themselves when they started talking about artificial intelligence. 
And we forget that machine learning is a subset of that. And I feel like um, that was sort of um, underestimated, the, the capabilities of what machine learning and some of these technologies that we're actually able to leverage and actually make practical use of in the security space. And that's where I think XDR is really going to kind of go um, above and beyond what, what even SIM and SOAR could, could even possibly become. Wow. So, um, you know, I can, uh, I can check you a little bit on Allie's comment. You absolutely got it right. And, you know, that's a great comment from a very smart lady. Um, you know, when you consider the, um, the, Hey, can I replace, you know, well, maybe not yet because, you know, everybody's living in hybrid cloud world. So you still got a bunch of stuff that lives somewhere where it's already, you know, logging into, the thing that you've had, you understand it, so on and so forth. Um, how could someone expect for XDR to maximize the existing technology investments in either their defensive or their visibility programs? Because, you know, I think you hit on a really good point, which is, yeah, the world's perimeterless. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody who's lived through the pandemic and attempted to work from home has experienced this. Anyone who's ever used, you know, a SaaS portal to, you know, cloud hosted application access to, you know, fulfill parts of their job has also lived this. But, you know, the role of the defender is beyond the role of the user. And they've got stuff everywhere to deal with. So, when you consider XDR, again, how can it maximize the investments that have already been made in things like SIM, SOAR, and EDR? Yeah, so uh, I think a lot of people, even vendors, would say, well, we'll simplify things. And, and that's not true because things are actually going to get much more complex, um, whether you like it or not. But what I believe that XDR is going to help organizations do is manage the complexity. Um, it, it's going to make it will make it easier for them to manage the the different environments, the different applications, um, whether it comes from identity, you know, from the cloud, um, all these different um, SaaS applications and things like that. Um, one thing I've seen with with SIM uh, for XDR is that um, it's, although we're not going to replace the SIM, what we can do is stop the bleeding um, in terms of budget. You know, you can stop throwing all this money at your your SIM vendor to ingest these high volume, high velocity logs that are coming from cloud. Um, instead, you can leverage an XDR platform that will gather all of that data and then highlight the imp important information. And you you can have that at your fingertips. It's not going to be um, a check mark for compliance. I think that's one of the challenges with with XDR going going to market is that it's not a, a must have. It's not a check mark like a SIM where you are logging certain data sources that are required, you know, for certain purposes, whether it's PCI, what have you. Um, but XDR is going to be able to bring in a lot of those data sources that people were dropping. They weren't bringing them into SIM due to the, the cost challenges as well as the technical constraints. We're, we're able to bring in, you know, um, the high volume, high velocity data sources and then draw those connections to them and make sense of it and then surface the information that actually is going to be important uh, for the analyst. So they don't have to, again, you know, bring in terabytes of data, um, you know, just to identify one particular incident. Got it. Got it. So that really sort of hits the nail on the head for me with SIM. And, you know, again, I was going to ask you about 
hey, what about PCI Daily Log Review? But <laughs> knocked it down again. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the extension of investment with maybe SOAR or EDR. Yeah. Um, well, one challenge I had with SOAR, it was interesting. It was, you know, it was sort of promised to be, it's, it's a security orchestration automation and response. And the whole idea was that um, even, I, I've even seen marketing pitches where replace your analyst with our artificial intelligence SOAR platform, you know, um, and that's, that's not going to be, it's not going to happen. The reason is that humans are still the best uh, ways of people at identifying anomalies. Uh, they are the ones that, unlike machines, understand uh, business risk. Right. So a lot of times organizations, they, they don't trust their store platform or their de detection capabilities enough uh, around false positives. For example, um, you know, a machine, you could say, hey, if it identifies this is malicious, you know, bring this machine down. Well, problem is that machine was uh, critical to the business. It was our main web server. Um, you brought it down. It's going to take us at least 24 hours to get it back up. Um, and how much money are we going to lose as a result of that? Um, whereas like the SOAR platforms, the way they actually ended up being used in reality is that they would go out and uh, an incident or something would be triggered and it would go out and gather additional information from your EDR tool, from the SIM, it would gather it, maybe um, go into um, AD, it would maybe even gather direct logs from a server. And that's what it would do. It would just gather this information, service it to the analyst, and then the analyst still had to make the decision as to what they were going to do. It made it easier because they could click a button and things like that, similar to what an XDR platform does. Um, but instead of it doing it sort of in real time for you automatically, it's having to, to kind of do that based on, uh, oh, this alert got fired off. Now we'll go out and gather this information. Then we'll surface it to the analyst. And when you do that, you're losing a lot of time. And then also having to, again, manage those integrations and things like that are incredibly complex. And there's a reason that every single sort platform requires a professional services agreement. Got it. So almost, um, you know, maybe not making the SOAR investment more valuable. Um, how about the EDR investment? Can can XDR make EDR more valuable? Uh, very much so. I think, um, you know, even some of the legacy um, EDR vendors that aren't getting into the XDR space, um, you know, we're even uh, going to be able to ingest uh, telemetry from other endpoint sources as well. So if uh, like if you acquire a company, for example, and they already have um, uh, one of these legacy EDR tools, uh, you're able to bring that data into an XDR platform as well. Um, there's even a, what's referred to as open XDR, where the idea there is that you're, you're open to whatever um, EDR, whatever vendors out there, you're able to, to bring in that data. And that's, that's, that's true with us as well. We're going to be able to bring in um, EDR from basically any um, ED, EDR source. Um, and then we can enrich it with the the, uh, the XDR data as well, and then also provide the you know the the nice UI as well as the the nice workflow as well. I didn't even realize there was something that was basically equal opportunity XDR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So um, we've talked a bit about how the multiple use cases come together. We've talked a bit about places where uh, you know folks can get more benefit. Um, from the investments they've already made. We've talked about critical capabilities. Um, you know, one of the things that this uh, sort of sparked for me in my mind was, um, you know, back to that, um, back to that uh, up-leveling of people and that sort of normalizing of the people capabilities. Um, 
when you think about you know the contribution that XDR makes to to that outcome, um, what are the most important parts of XDR's contribution to you know sort of normalizing skill level between someone who's seasoned versus someone who's you know in their first job coming out of a you know college cybersecurity program you know learning. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, I think the for kind of the the UX aspect of a you know a security tool, right? I think that's important. It's something that I think a lot of uh, like security vendors forget about. Like they don't they don't necessarily think about who their audience is. Uh, and I think with with XDR, there's the the nice thing I, like I like about our product is, is a UI um, having a really sort of intuitive UI that makes sense to the analyst. Um, we map things out to the kill chain, as I mentioned before, so you can kind of see uh, along a timeline, you know, what, where was the initial intrusion, um, you know, where did they maybe um, do lateral movement, you know, where did they do the actual eject, where did the malware actually get executed and did they pivot, and then be able to, to go into what we refer, refer to as a, a malop or malware operation. I think that's important where we're not relying on individual alerts. And if you ever talk to um, a, a SOC manager, that's one of the things that's going to burn their employees out is just alert fatigue. They just get inundated with all these alerts. Um, they have to investigate them. There's so many false positives. Um, so what's important with XDR is being able to stitch these events together. And again, and display it in terms of like more operation centric types of approach. So a junior analyst can come in and they could see, again, um, in a simple timeline, the events that have actually occurred. But, you know, that being said, we also need to be able to allow uh, more advanced folks to be able to dig deeper into that. So doing threat hunting, for example. So you, like, for example, we may have our malop, but we also still need a way for them to, to maybe pivot directly into a particular host to identify what other processes we're running, uh, maybe identify an identity, like what other um, uh, accounts are tied to this particular email address. Um, being able to do that, um, you know, again, without having to change context and go to a different platform, um, that's, that's really, I think, important. So having one sort of platform to, to try to rule them all, um, you know, you, you're not going to be able to get all of those use cases out of one UI. There's still going to be, you know, that one or 2% where you're going to need to deploy additional tools or, you know, maybe even go directly to that system to pull a forensic image. But if you can get get all that information at their fingertips and display it in a way that makes sense to them, and then also provide them with um, utilities and tools to respond uh, to those, like whether it's isolating hosts, blocking IP addresses, changing the password, right? Doing the, the sort of the um, sort of the mundane things directly from within the UI without having to uh, make it painful. I think that you know that's going to make their jobs a lot easier and. You know, the tools that they use, it should be a joy. I don't want to get all Marie Kondo on people, but it should be a joy. You know, if you're going to be using this tool day in and day out, um, it should be um, easy to use. And it sh you should enjoy uh, with the UI and it should be intuitive, right? Um, I, I don't know, having to, to look at and grep logs all day and things like that, or, you know, just looking at the same UI with the same alerts, responding the same way, that, that's just going to burn people out. So I have to admit, I had um, two pieces of visual and mental imagery in that last segment of yours, Ken. I pictured Marie Kondo sparking <laughs> Gollum, and that was really not very good. But you know, that's a uh, that's a a gift that you've given all of us today. Um, you know, 
one of the one of the thoughts I just had, you know, as you were describing how people can be better um, by way of having this, you know, consolidated experience is actually something that's near and dear to Attack IQ's heart. It's part of, you know, our uh, our conference name. It's part of the thing that we exist to to help codify the, and enable the practice of, and that's purple teaming. And I got that. I got there as you were talking about how the threat hunt experience, you know, is something that, you know, that defensive team can do more effectively inside the world of XDR. So, you know, the picture that I have in my head, based on what you just shared with me, is that I've got my red team and they are using technologies like breach and attack simulation, they're using their own tools. They're using a lot of stuff to evaluate the performance of the defenses and the people. And the defenders have this new consolidated experience by way of XDR. And you can bring the purple team together around the concept of an automated way to evaluate defensive performance and the way to identify more clearly the adversary behavior that was being wielded by the red team. Am I just making this up or does this make sense to you? No, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that, this is something that, you know, we're, we're, we, we do internally with our product as well. When we're, you know, I, uh, like for the demo environment, for example, uh, we use real data. We use a virtual environment. We create a, a virtual network. But then we also create real workspace accounts. We create real Okta accounts. We then uh, work with you know red team folks and myself. I'll even you know run a real attack using real attack tools, things like that, real techniques. Um, and I love it because um, sometimes we'll identify, well, we ran this attack and it didn't detect that it was, um, you know, coming from this email address or what have you. Um, so we can go back and we can you know, improve our detections. Uh, and that's kind of the, the cool thing, too, is like seeing, you know, where did it draw the connect the dots and where didn't it? And I think when you're able to do these type of purple team types of exercises where you're kind of doing that hand in hand, um, that's going to help make your detection logic better. Um, and also provide the analyst too, like when you're actually really running the real attack, what does this really look like? Um, and like, it's gotten to the point now, like I can go to Black Hat, I can go to RSA and I can look at a demo and I can tell you if it's synthetic data or if it's real data because real data is messy. Right. There's always going to be, you know, um, sort of artifacts in there that you don't want, uh, things like that. And, you know, it's important for you to identify that. Right. And be able to to see what a real world attack looks like, because um, if, you know, you go through a nice demo and then you go out, you buy the product, you get it deployed um, and then someone runs a real attack in your environment. And you're like, wait, that doesn't look like the demo. Yeah. Well, it's because it's not real. Right. So I think. Running these real attacks is critically important. I mean, that's that's why we leverage virtualization for this. It makes it easy to spin up different types of attack environments, whether we're um, using Google Workspace, where we're using um, Office 365 in another um, instance, right? We run these attacks in all these different scenarios with a lot of these different tools. And if you tried to do that with, you know, the old school infrastructure, actually set up real machines and things like that, it's another example where it would take us forever. There's no way we'd be able to do it. But when you're able to you know, leverage virtualization to spin up these types of environments really quickly, um, I love it. I mean, like the 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 attack du jour, um, the the next incident that might happen, whether it's you know another ransomware incident or you know some wiper or something like that. But 
being able to spin up a real network, actually have your sensors deployed, run the attack, and then see what it looks like on the on the back end. That's that's just amazing. Like it's we're living in the future. We are living in the future. The future. Um, so I'm going to recap just a little bit because we're, uh, we're running out of time with our audience, but, um, XDR is a great way to consolidate many different perspectives, both from a defensive and a, and a visibility perspective that then enables a whole suite of downstream capabilities for defenders that saves them from time lossy context switching as well as extends the capabilities of the security team into many use cases that they could have never extended into before simply because they just would have run out of time. Did I get that right, Ken? Yeah, that's a great way to summarize it. You're hired. Sweet. We'll see you next time, everybody.